My guest right now is at least partially responsible for putting Texas on the map as a hotbed of metal. He's legendary, currently the vocalist of one of the most exciting thrash metal bands out there right now, War Beast, one of my personal favorites. Welcome, Bruce Corbett. Thank you for talking with me today. Hey, dude. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate the killer introduction there. Oh, <laughs> it is all the truth, actually. I wish I could have done better, you know? No, <laughs> You actually overdid it there, but I appreciate uh, it. Well, you are legendary, of course. Um, you're doing War Beast now, and I, I was talking with you at the show. I saw you in Cleveland, and uh, you know, I discovered War Beast through Philip, uh, actually through Philip Anselmo, um, when he released the split EP, The War of the Gargantuas, with you. Um, and then uh, you know, I talked with you at the show, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what we were going for, to really uh, you know, put our name out there and to raise more awareness for the band, because it's such a, such a great band, and um, you know, more people need to hear this. So uh, is that the kind of interest you've seen uh, in War Beast since that EP was released? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we actually had a debut album come out in 2010, Crush the Enemy, but of course, when everybody knew Philip was going to release some solo material... You know, it feels ten times more legendary and famous than I am. Maybe a hundred, and maybe a thousand times. But you know what I mean. The point I'm getting at is uh, Phil knew, and we all knew that uh, it would just give us more exposure to come out on that split with him before uh, you know our next full-length album came out a couple months later. So it, it did it did us a lot of good and. And just like you, you know, um, a lot of people discovered War Beast because of War of the Gargantuas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, two amazing tracks on there that you, you played live, which was really cool. And, uh, and now uh, we have Destroy, which is your newest album. And man, that just, that just about ripped my eyelids off. Man, it, it's just an amazing, amazing heavy album. What's, uh, what's been the reaction to that? Still pretty mainly positive reviews, uh, not always, you know, we don't expect to get 100% positive reviews with anything we're ever going to do, but that's okay, as long as uh, some people like it and our fans like it, and we're proud of it, I guess that's what counts, and uh, you know, a lot of people after they see us live, and they see the, hear those songs live, and they go back and hear the album, or they might want to pick up the album because they've seen us live. I think they uh, appreciate it even more after witnessing witnessing us live, you know, because you can't you can't beat a metal show, you know, with the volume and the crowd getting into it. So it just brings the album to life, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, absolutely. I was already uh, a huge fan of War Beast uh, coming into the Cleveland show, and so excited to see you. And you totally delivered. Actually, you were you were far beyond uh, what I was ever hoping for. Um, because it's you're very technical, very fast, very tight, and that album is so well done. Um, I had a little bit of a concern. I'm like, could they possibly hold this together live? Um, you know, because some bands, you know, they go in the studio and spend a million hours in there to get everything just right, and then they they're they're just not quite as tight a live band. But man, I'll tell you what, War Beast is tight live. I was amazed. It was great. 
Well, I appreciate that, you know, and with with Destroy, unlike our first album, a lot of the songs, uh, we didn't ever even get to perform or practice as a band before we recording them, recorded them. And I know a lot of bands are doing that these days, you know, especially with the Pro Tools thing, the way people can record now. And uh, I didn't ever sing any of those songs before I went in and recorded my vocal tracks. So after we made the album, we did have the challenge of going into the jam room and saying, all right, now we got to play it like it is on the album, you know, <laughs> for when we go out on tours. And then, and the thing is, we're just a hardworking band that, you know, we don't take anything for granted. We, it's the no pain, no gain kind of attitude where we just get in there for hours upon hours and, and rehearse so we can pull it off live. It took a couple months before we uh, thought we were getting close to playing it like the album, but I think by the time you, you got to see us, we'd been on a couple tours and and we had it down pretty tight. Oh yeah, and then I, I had noticed a lot of times that you were you were playing even faster than was on the <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah, that's just a natural thing uh, yeah. that happens for so many bands. Just the excitement, adrenaline starts pumping, and and sometimes you just can't help it. You know, it's just going to come out faster when you start playing it live in front of people. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And you're you're a really great front man as well. Uh, you just communicate a lot of energy, man. And uh, just you, you got presence up there. You're not just a guy that stands in front of the mic. You know, you're all over the stage. You're belting it out, man. You're having a great time. So uh, you really, you command the audience that way. Well, thank you so much. You know, uh, it's just the music. It's my favorite kind of music, of course. It gets me, you know, going just like it. You know, that's why I'm doing thrash metal. It's, it's just nothing better. And it makes me feel 20 years old, and I hope it continues to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping me young, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, man. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, you know, about uh, Destroy, the album, uh, you recorded that in the infamous studio that uh, Philip owns. And um, I can only imagine, you know, the kind of shenanigans that, that go on there. Now, you don't have to tell me anything that, you know, might get you in trouble. But uh, what was that recording experience like at Phil's? Oh, you know, I mean, it's just like I've tried to explain it before because we've known Phil so long and been such good friends. that it's it's already a comfortable thing, you know. It's not like going, feeling like you're going to work or you're nervous because your boss is there, somebody you're not really used to being around. With Phil, you know, it's it's almost just like hanging out with him, except we're bringing our creative ideas to life. And, and he's there for us, you know, and he's a big fan of ours. So when we bring him in as the producer, he, he only wants the best out of Warby. So... He's there to make suggestions and, and give us his input and ideas. And a lot of times he comes up with some brilliant stuff. So, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, it's, it, it's the best job in the world. If, <laughs> if you can even imagine hanging out with a metal legend like Phil, who's a great friend of yours and uh, a friend of ours, that is. But, you know, I mean, we're having fun. We like to have a few few beers and uh, 
And I usually don't smoke any weed until after my recording sessions, but of course, you know, after it's done, we like to top it off like that. And I'm just describing it as like it's like having a party, but you're working at the same time and hanging out with your buddies. So it doesn't get any better that than that for me anyway. Wow, that is the best job in the world. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Oh. I can't wait to, you know, I'm already thinking, I'm just excited about doing another album with him. And, you know, the whole band. It's just, it's just those things in life that you never forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, how did Warbeast come into being? I know, uh, you know, you've, uh, you have two albums out now and the EP with, with Philip, of course. Um, but, uh, you really, you've, you, it's only what been about four or five years that Warbeast has been, uh, been recording together. So what's, what's like the history of the band? Well, it started really almost seven years ago, like to the, on the, in this month, uh, I think October 21st, we did this show, October 21st, 2006. For a friend of ours from the band Hamowitz, who had a, a serious motorcycle wreck, and a bunch of us guys from around here in Dallas-Fort Worth, from the old legendary early thrash bands like, you know, Gamicide, Rotting Corpse, and Rigor Mortis, of course, some of the guys from Hamowitz, too, we just decided to uh, get together and play each other's songs and, and do something special for Wayne and try to raise some money. We called it Texas Metal Alliance. We had such a great time. The Gamma Side dudes called me up, which was Scott Shelby and Rick Perry, and said, hey, we should try to keep this going and, and write some new material and see what happens, and that'll keep us busy in between rigor mortis and Gamma Side stuff. And shit, I was like, hell yeah, you know. <laughs> of course, I'd love to. And it just you know, it took us almost a year to find Joey Gonzalez, our drummer, and then we started writing, and we made a little demo, I think in late 2007. And not long after, I went on tour with Phil in uh, Rigor Mortis, went out with Arson Anthem, and, and that's when I told him about the band. And, and a few months later, he called me and said he wanted to sign us. And it took about a year for us to prepare the rest of the album and go in and record the first album. So we've been around a while. It just took took a while before the first album and everything came out and you know things have been going pretty pretty steady ever since we've made some member changes along the way but we've never never let it set the band back or you know let it spin our wheels where we're not progressing and evolving as a band we just worked hard and continue to uh move forward yeah, and that hard work shows, man. Um, just thank you. Uh, you know, and I think you know you're talking about lineup changes and things like that over the years. How you don't let that set you back, and I think you just bounce back even better than before. You know, looking back to crush the enemy and and the EP and now destroy. It's like wow, you know, I, you're stepping it up, and uh, so you're. Uh, Thanks. I mean, you know, when you lose somebody, you know, an important member like Rick Perry from Gamma, who was one of the original members and a great songwriter. And or you know we lost Alan Bove, our bass player, original bass player. You know we don't want people saying, "Oh, they're never going to be the same." So it's a challenge for us to to make it where we're not going to hear stuff like that. And it's not against those guys. And I'm not saying you know the new guys are better or anything. It's just 
you got to work even harder when you lose someone important like that. And and now, of course, we've got Casey Orr, you know, from Rigor Mortis and Guar. So we're going to have him on the next album. So beautiful. We, <laughs> we like to think that we're just going to, you know, keep in the same same line and where we're, you know, each album continues to get better and we continue to get better live too. Yeah, awesome. Now, uh, is Casey? Now you're gearing up for the Housecore Horror Film Festival. Um, oh yeah, you're going to be playing there, and that's really exciting, man. Um, so, is Casey going to be uh, playing along with you there, or is he part of your touring lineup right now, or what's? Uh, yeah, he yeah. came in on the the Guar tour. You know, when we had a first Drake Karst replaced Alan Beauvais, and he did did the Destroy album with us, and he went out for like three tours. But he just couldn't keep up with the, the scheduling of the touring, you know, yeah. as far as his uh, his day job. So then we brought Casey in on the Guar tour back in April, and we didn't know. We just at first we called it a fill-in basis because we wasn't sure if he was going to stay or not. But it, he ended up, you know, get making his decision after that tour, and he's staying in the band. And and then we went out, you know, just there in August with Phil's solo band and Casey was with us then and, and he's doing all the local shows and shows around Texas and we traveled to Oklahoma and got some shows coming up in Alabama and Louisiana. Uh, so he's in the band now, permanent member. He'll be there tonight and we're starting to, you know, get around to writing and that's another exciting thing is Casey's a very good writer of thrash music so we're going to have his contributions for the next album. So, like I said, I feel like we're just going to continue to get stronger as a band. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, and, it, you know, Housecore Horror Film Festival, is, it, it's really cool that you're playing there because I know you've talked about it a lot. You're a horror fan yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, absolutely. What, what are some of your favorites? Well, I mean, it's not going to be anything you never heard of. I, right. I mean, I, I'm an old school guy. I mean, I... At the age I was at when Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, came out, and The Exorcist and movies like that, I was like 12 years old. So, I mean, I remember going to see Chainsaw Massacre and having to walk home, and I, like, walked down. It was in a residential street late at night, real dark, and I was, like, scared, and I walked down the center of the street, you know, because I didn't want to be too close to anybody's houses or anything. And, um... So, you know, just those always mean something to me because they actually had an impact on me and scared me as a kid. And then, of course, when we got into the 80s with the Evil Dead and every turn of the Living Dead and, you know, all that stuff that started coming out then, Reanimator, of course, you know, the certain movies just mean something to me, especially if we ended up writing a song about them or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, yeah, nothing that you never heard of. A lot of the basic classics are still my all-time favorites because you know I still love them to this day. But I'm never gonna get scared like I was when I was that 12-year-old. You know, watching The Exorcist, going home worried that I'm gonna become possessed or something <laughs> myself. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, so I mean, I guess it's just always they're always gonna be my favorites. Mm, yeah, that's good stuff. I'm I'm right there with you. I. Got to just got to keep going back to like the eighties and seventies and and even sixties. Uh, oh, of to, course, yeah, to, with all the Herschel Gordon Lewis stuff yeah, and, yeah. and just a lot of that. So 
Yeah. You know, there's so many. It's it's always hard for me to start <laughs> picking my favorites. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, now you say, you know, you yourself, you're a thrash metal fan. Um, what, uh-huh. what are you listening to right now as far as uh, metal goes? Well, you know, I've always, you know, I'm always going to be a fan. Just like with the movies, I'm always going to be a fan of the bands that, you know, influenced me as a kid or as a teenager and all my favorites. But recently... There's a lot of the newer bands that I like, of course, you know, like Warbringer and certain bands, but I always love to hear new bands. So a lot of times newer bands will give me their new demo or their new CD. And I spend a lot of my time just listening to that because I remember how it was when I was in a a band and I wanted someone, you know, that I, you know, looked up to or or just somebody in a bigger band than me to at least, hey, check out my band. So when someone bothered, you know, takes the time to come up and give me their, their demo or whatever, I'll make sure I listen to this. I mean, I, I hope you don't ask me all these bands' names. Because <laughs> yeah, tell me know, about I each listen. one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I really, you know, I listen to them all the time, put them on my iPod, and, and I, I take the time to, to check out these new bands, so... That's awesome. uh, that's that's your answer is just constantly listening to uh, new bands demos it gives me it's just something different that I hadn't heard a million times you know that's great no that's that's fantastic and um you know being that you know you hang out with Phil so much and because I, I talked to him here not long ago and you know he's saying man that's that's where my heart is it's the indie bands you know just uh, listening yeah. to what's out there and getting their name out there just trying to help them however i can cuz you know he's had the same thing as you he remembers what it was like when he was in that position and when he's just struggling just trying to get a you know trying to get out there somehow and uh, you know yeah. how much that's appreciated yeah and i mean like i said i really enjoy a lot of it too so uh it, you know like i said i I'd like to be able to help them all. I'm, you know, I don't have a label like Phil, and sometimes these bands are maybe hoping I can, you know, put in a good word to Phil, and I've done that. But the fact is, it's when it comes to Phil's label, it's all going to come down to, you know, what he believes in and what he likes, and he'll listen to my, you know, opinions and take it serious. But I've never had that initial big cool to be able to say hey i turned phil onto this band and he signed them or something <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know even if i've tr- tried to put in a good word but uh you know like i said the best i can do for them is you know give them a little bit of advice and maybe put them on a show with us or whatever uh try to help when i can yeah that, that's huge even just knowing that you take the time just to listen to it and you know like you said offer advice even that that would just be yeah. really cool. If I were in a metal band and I I you know I sent you some songs and stuff and just knowing that you actually opened them up and you'd listen to it and gave me your thoughts, that's that's all you know. That's huge right there. So that's uh, really cool of you. Thanks, man. Yeah. And uh, another thing that's really cool um, is that I met you, of course, at the merch table in Cleveland. And <laughs> yeah. you, you were just hanging out, man. You were just talking with people. You were telling them about what you got and everything and. And that's just really cool. I love to see that when the actual guys from the band, you know, just get out there with people. I saw, you know, I was talking with Scott, actually, after the show. He went out to the lobby and was just standing there, and he was still in his Cleveland outfit, you know, his Browns <laughs> his Browns thing. That, uh, oh, uh, yeah, that was on. funny that night. Yeah. And uh, so I went up to him, and, you know, we had a few words and everything, and he was really, really cool. So 
why why is that kind of thing important to you? Why do you continue to do that? Hang out at the merch table and hang out in the lobbies. What's what's important about being there and just connecting with the fans? Well, you know, the bottom line is is I was always just a you know a metal fan, and I'm always going to be a metal fan first and foremost. So it's no fun for me to be hanging back in some little room, you know, hidden away away from the crowd and, and getting to hear and watch the bands. Um, I don't know. It's just I, I would get bored. So it's just the fan in me wants to be out there. And then, you know, we're, we got our roles in the band, and, and you know, that's, that's one thing I want to do is, you know, get behind the merch table and talk to everyone, and, and I'm doing my part to help the band while I'm back there at the merch table. The other guys might be in the back loading up the trailer, getting ready for us to, you know, head to the next show. So it's just, you know, we ain't got a big crew on the road and we got to do stuff like that. But at the same time, I would probably still still be doing it anyway because I just like to be out there with everyone, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so coming up next, you know, we were talking about House Core. You're going to be playing there. Uh, you were you're hinting at doing some some writing. Is there like a like a new album sort of in the works? Yeah, that's the, you know, the next phase for War Beast is the writing process for the third full-length album. And so Scott Shelby, our guitarist, and the other guys are starting to come up with some riffs, and uh, they'll start getting together with Joey, our drummer, and that's the, usually stage one is, the you know, the guitarists come up with some stuff. And, I mean, they got to get me some music before I can add my part. That's the way I usually work. I'm not one of those guys that can write music or, Anything, so uh, I usually, in, you know, come come into the picture later on and after the music's done, and then I can add my part. But yeah, that's that's what we're going to be working on for the next several months, and then, you know, hopefully sometime in 2014, hopefully around summer or something, we can be in the studio recording our next album. Beautiful, beautiful. Any other uh, touring that you're doing other than, uh, you know, the house core gig and everything? No, we I mentioned we got a few shows going out of town here and there for weekend shows and dates, but uh, we got possible tours coming like around February, April next year, but we're, we're in that part process of having to wait to see if we get, you know, accepted <laughs> for the tour. <laughs> You know, we've been submitted for the tours, and we're hoping that we uh, get the good word that we that we get on a couple of these, and then we can announce it. But that that'll be you know, tours are always uh, our our goal, and you just got to keep trying to get on them. And then it's not up to us, you know. Sometimes it's it's a matter of uh, working out the right you know dates and situation for everyone involved, and hopefully. Uh, the money's right to where we can afford to get out there and at least have gas money to, <laughs> to hit the road again, you know? Right, right. So there's going to be tours. I just unfortunately can't really confirm any of them right now. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching, definitely. And oh, cool, uh, you deserve to be up there right along the best right now. I mean, honestly, you guys are just so tight. And like I said, probably my favorite thrash band, one of my favorite uh, metal bands out there right now. And just really excited. I'd, destroys like one of the constant discs they're always in and uh 
Well, I so. appreciate that so much, dude. I really do. And I'm just curious, what's like one of your favorite songs off the album? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> wow, putting me on the spot. Uh, yeah. You know, Egotistical Bastard is always a good one. That's it. That just makes me laugh, you know. Right, and, right, uh, right. Uh, I just always always remember that. Oh, there, there's so many good ones on there, man. Oh, just front to back. It's like I, I, I never skip a song, you know. You, you got those albums where you really like the album, but there are a couple on there that aren't quite as good, and you just want to yeah. maybe skip past it to the next one. Like I never do that with with Destroy, you know. It's it's always like yes, this song's now, you know, this song's coming on, and next one come on, yes, I love this one too, and they're just they're really great. So there's it's hard to say my favorite because uh, again, there's no for me there's no weak point in the album. I mean, it just. You said it rips your head off <laughs> from the very beginning. Well, I really appreciate it. I was just curious because, like, we started out playing Nightmares in the Sky. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like the single. And then we put Nobody out a few months ago, and I'm kind of thinking of what we should come up with next. And actually, Egotistical Bastard was one of the ones we was thinking would be good to put out next, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, just kind of curious. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm glad I could give you some feedback. That uh, that's actually huge for me. <laughs> yeah. So wow, yeah. um, man. But uh, people can go to your website and find out all about you. Uh, can find out where to buy the albums and where you're touring next because I know you keep things current there. Uh, but that's at warbeast.org. And uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of cool shirts there and merch and everything. I love your artwork. It's always like it's fantastic. Tell me about your artwork. I, I was just about to wrap this up, and I'm like, man, yeah, you got. That's some great artwork, you know, going back to, you know, Crush the Enemy and the cover for Destroy and all your T-shirts. And they're really tight. Uh, do you use a specific artist to do this? Yeah, or? actually, we've used the same guy for all of our artwork for our albums and our T-shirt designs and everything. And His name is John Fossum, and his nickname is Carcass John, and he's been a big part of the Texas metal scene since the 80s and... You know, when we were first, even when we were still texting Metal Alliance, he was uh, letting us know he was interested in doing some artwork. And we just, you know, noticed that he did some really cool stuff, and we just were curious to see what he'd come up with. And the good thing about working with him is he's he's really cool about listening to our input and ideas, and if we wanted to change something, I know we work his ass off sometimes before everybody, you know, you got to make five band members happy. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I know sometimes he's got to be like, oh, back to the drawing board. But, <laughs> you know, he uh, he hangs in there, and then the, the final results are always something we're all very happy with. So, yeah, thanks to him, Carcass John Fossum. He's, he's done us right on the artwork. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Bruce, man, it's been just an honor talking with you today, man. I, I appreciate your time again. Uh, War Beast, an amazing thrash band. Go out and check them out at warbeast.org, and you're on Facebook and, and everything. You interact with the fans a lot. and uh, Just appreciate everything you do, my friend, and uh, just hope to see you out again on the road real soon, man. Hey, and uh, thank you so much, and I want all the Cleveland fans to know that Scott, just because of wearing that jersey that night and making so many friends, he's like secretly pulling for the Browns this year so wow <laughs> kind of made a fan out of the guy uh yeah so uh hopefully we'll be back your way soon brother and come up anytime man and thanks again for helping us out anytime Bruce thanks man all right bro have a good one you too 
Opening music for Devil Horns is taken from the song Killdozer by Strychnia from their EP, Reanimated Monstrosity. Find Strychnia at facebook.com forward slash Strychnia. I'm honored right now to be talking with the Riff Lord himself, guitarist and vocalist for Crowbar, Mr. Kirk Winstein. Kirk, man, thanks for talking with me today. Absolutely, my pleasure, man. Wow. I gotta say, you're also metal's greatest beard as well. It's just, it's classic, so... I've seen, I've seen better, but, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I mean, not, not that I'm a household name by any means, but, you know, some of the op- opening bands and shit down here in the South, some of these kids have got some pretty impressive beards. It's just no one knows who they are yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're not, I mean, you're not ZZ Top or anything, but they're not really metal, so, you know, it's... Well, true, true. Yeah. But they are great. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, big news this week, and uh, pretty much the main reason, you know, I've, I've wanted to talk to you for like decades, man, but uh, the big reason, you know, within uh, in the last week is when I guess the news really dropped here, but you've been kind of talking about it for a while, and that's, of course, uh, leaving Down, you know, huge news, um, because Down, of course, huge band, a lot of prestige there, a lot of history, um, and now you're focusing on Crowbar 100%. Um, so how hard was that decision for you and how'd that really come about? How'd you make the decision to just leave down altogether? Well, I mean, it was kind of like, I think they could kind of see, you know, I was struggling back and forth with, you know, uh, the easiest way to put it really is I, my life's changed a lot in the last year, you know, with, you know, with, uh, being married and really concentrating a lot more on, on my family, you know, first and foremost, um, and with Down, I mean, you know, with, with us getting older and with, you know, with Phillips, Phillips' voice and all, Down has to take uh, a fairly decent amount of days off in order for Phil to rest his voice properly, which is totally, you know, absolutely understandable and, and well-respected. It's just, uh, you know, for me, I don't, I mean, I don't, I like to go out 15 shows in a row and, and, and get it done, you know, and with Down, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff, especially internationally is, is flying, you know, fly dates and things like that. And there's so many days off. And really for me, it's just, you know, uh, to be blunt, you know, I mean, on those off days, man, I just, you know, I mean, show days is great. I have a responsibility. Of course, I love every second being on stage, but on those off days, I have absolutely nothing to do. And I just, you know, just ends up turning into, you know, drinking too goddamn much. And, uh, you know, just one one to not be there. It's like, you know, I'll, I want to be at the gig every day, you know, but I don't want to sit in a hotel room. I've been to Europe 34 times now, and I feel very blessed to have done that, you know, with, with Corbar and and uh, and with uh, with Dan as well, you know, quite a few times, I'm, although I've been more with Corbar. But, you know, I mean, I feel blessed to have done that, but I mean, you know, I'm not, for me personally, it's like I, I'm an in-and-out kind of guy. Give me 15, 18 shows, I'm fine, but I want to do them and get home and get back to the, the other half of my life, you know, which is, I mean, to me, you know, that's, and that, that's on, that's just being honest. You know, and the guys could see how me and my heart was kind of not really getting into it. They could see me, you know, on the off days, you know, hitting the sauce, you know, like, you know, harder than I, I should have been, you know, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, on show days, it's fine. Like I said, I have a responsibility and, um, you know, I love being on stage and playing and I love playing with, you know, with, with my friends. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It was just with the 25th anniversary of Crowbar coming up and with the way my life has changed, it just seemed like, you know, the obvious decision for me. And, and, uh, you know, I just, it was kind of a mutual thing, you know, no, I mean, obviously no, you know, no hard feelings or anything, anything whatsoever like that. There's absolutely zero drama, 
zero, you know, gossip that I know of, at least, you know, at least from our side. And I doubt there's any from their side. I've spoken to the guys. You know, in fact, Bobby Langraff from Honky, that's taken my spot. He's a very good friend of mine. He decked for me for a while. He's been decking for Pepper. I spoke to him the other day, and he's going to use my, my rig that I'd use with Down for the uh, for the Horror Fest coming up. And he's gonna actually going to come, me and him are going to jam a little bit on some tunes. He's got a few questions. I mean, he's an amazing guitar player, but, you know, it's hard to get every little note down from somebody else's stuff, you know. So yeah. he asked me if, if, if I'm behind jam with him a bit. I said, absolutely, dude. Anything I can do to help out, you know, would be great. So, uh, you know, everything's awesome. You know, we're still, uh, Crowbar is still going to be doing uh, our, our Live Plus 2 uh, record on High Score. When, uh, we have the music recorded. Um, it's 10 live tracks we recorded a few years ago, and then we recently recorded two studio tracks over at the Lair, over at Phil's. So uh, as soon as those guys are finished tracking the new Down EP, because we're writing the new Crowbar right now, um, we'll get over there and knock out uh, knock out the two, two uh, unreleased brand-new studio tracks for his his record, uh, the house school record. And then we entered the studio December 16th with Crowbar to do our full length record on E1, um, which we're totally excited about. And it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, you know, I'll be 49 years old in April. And, you know, for, for whatever reason, it seems like Crowbar is bigger than we've ever been, even though we don't do anything. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's kind of one of those things, man, where if I, if I don't, if I don't give it, give it a full on 200%, everything I've got promoting it, you know, uh, writing, writing the best, you know, the heaviest, best damn riffs I can possibly write, and just and just really giving it its all as far as you know, touring properly, to, you know, touring extensively, not long periods of time, but a lot of short tours, you know, and just hitting all the countries we can hit and stuff like that. If I don't do that, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, you know, forgive myself because I've never proper given Crowbar a proper chance. You know, since 2001, which is 12, gone 13 years ago, my main priority has been down. Hmm. And, you know, I've had to put a lot of things on hold, which is totally understandable. Uh, you know, put, putting Crowbar on hold, even Kingdom of Sorrow, which I still do with, with Jamie Josta, uh, when, when, we, when we get a chance and we'll, we will, you know, we will be, do another record eventually and, and do some touring with that as well. But, uh, you know, Jamie uh, is, is very involved with Crowbar's business, uh, kind of, you know, helping manage and things like that. So he, he understands, uh, you know, my position with Crowbar uh, being my, you know, my first and, and main and basically only priority. And, we'll be, and just like Hatebreed is with him, and then, you know, when we get a chance to do Kingdom, we'll do that as well. But it just works out better for everybody, you know. Um, they have a they have that little new spark, you know, in down, which is a wonderful feeling. We have the new spark in Crowbar, which is a wonderful feeling. It's our 25th anniversary in 2014 with Crowbar, and you know, I feel I can finally, while that window of opportunity is still open, I feel I can finally give give you know give Crowbar, um, you know, my, uh, you know, uh, what the hell's the word? Uh, or undivided attention. Uh, undivided. I was going to say uninterrupted. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is true. Yeah. And, I, and, it, and it has, you know, and it's as much as, you know, of course, I'm, I'll, I'll always be extremely proud of what I've accomplished with that, what we accomplished together, the, all the great times that we had. Those things, you know, are wonderful. And, uh, you know, I look forward to getting getting and hanging out with the guys again, you know, when we all have some time to chill and getting over there and working with Phil on the, um, on the Club All Live thing as well for our school, you know. Yeah, that's fantastic, and uh, congratulations on uh, 25 years of Crowbar, man. Wow, that's that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, you know, first listening to you, I think uh, I think Pantera is, is the band that sort of introduced me to Crowbar, because you were really kind of sticking with them in the early years there. 
And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, man, man, making me feel old. <laughs> that's that's a <laughs> how you think I feel. Shit. Uh, oh, you're not. But that I, actually, I feel actually I feel you know that you're as young as you feel. And I mean, when I get out of bed in the morning, sometimes I do feel a hundred. But uh, you know, right now I feel uh, not a day over thirty-five. And since I'm forty-eight, going on forty-nine, I'll take that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But uh, now you know you're going to be missed and down. I mean, that's just inevitable. You know, you're such a huge part of that. Um, but I, I just totally respect you and I'm totally on, on board with you just leaving that to concentrate on crowbar because crowbar that, that would have been something I would have hate to seen gone away, uh, because, uh, of down or, you know, another project sort right, of taken right. over. Um, you're, you're just so legendary. You've been so inf- influential over the years, man. And it's, uh, you know, something that I'm really glad that, that you've decided to to do that because you know that was a tough decision. I'm sure you guys are all friends, and it was it, it was a good thing you had going on. But uh, man, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, you know, it was it, it was you know, like I say, it was kind of it was kind of. I mean, you know, I'm sure we we could have if if my heart was in it was really in it 100. percent You know, there's no doubt we could have. You know, we've been through a lot in 22 years as as bandmates, friends. You know. And, uh, you know, and, and people, period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, in my mind, there's no doubt, you know, that I'm sure we, if, if you know, that we, we could have, you know, we could have worked something out and, 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 and made it work. But it, it was an extremely tough decision. But it's it's like, you know, a lot of people probably think that, that I'm an idiot for, you know, for having, you know, for, for you know, doing what I'm doing. But, but you know what? Um, you know, I'm a simple, simple, uh, simple kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not simple minded, just simple in what I need in life, and I and I just need to be happy. And that was one of the things that that Philip told me. He just said, "Kirk, I love I love you to death." I said, "I love you too, man." He said, "I just want you to be happy." And I thought about that, and then he went went on and did the the, the film uh, H and Summer on the Illegals tour, and you know I didn't talk to him for for a bit, and I just really thought about everything, man. And I was just like, you know what? The second I kind of just said, you know what, this is this is my opportunity to do Crowbar, which is my baby, my creation. You know, I'm the chief songwriter. I write all the lyrics. I get to sing. It's I'm the boss. You know, not that I'm. It's not about being a control freak. It's just it's it's totally a, a, a you know a band an equal band. It's just you know I I no longer have to. I, I looked at the at the upside of me doing Crowbar. It's my thing. I I don't have to miss any more of my daughter's birthdays. I don't have to miss any family stuff, which has really become extremely important to me, you know, I don't need yeah. to, miss, to miss, you know, any, any of those things where, I mean, my daughter's 10 years old and I probably miss five of her birthdays, mm. you know, and that's part of being in this business. And I understand that, but at, at, at almost, you know, closing it on 50 years old, you know, I, I, I just feel as though I've earned, earned the right to, um, to do what I want to do, you know, and, and I took told it, you know, I'd send him a long email and everything and said, look, man, you know, you, you, you know, you've, you know, it basically just, he's, he's earned the right to do what he wants to do. You know, if he wants to do a solo project, he can do it by God. We all know he's earned his, his right to do what the hell he wants a thousand times over. I mean, he is, you know, filling someone, he's built a legacy, you know, uh, you know, through hard work and great music uh, that'll always be there in the whole heavy metal community. You know, and I just, for me, it's just, this is my opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to kind of shine on my own and do, you know, do, do it by my own rules, you know, yeah. um, with, with, with the comfort of, of, of making my own touring schedule. You know, I now get to tour as, as long or as short as I want. I get to decide where I want to tour, 
you know, uh, when I want a tour, I'm all it is for whole nine yards, you know, and, and, uh, kind of, kind of being in charge is, is a, is a, a, a good feeling, not necessarily, say not in a control freak type, uh, of position, but just being, a, being in charge of my life is a good feeling, you know? Right. Right. And all the respect, all the support here, man. I, I just, oh, I, I awesome. love what you're doing. So, but on the other hand, you know, you've, you've, you've mentioned earlier about some people might think you're an idiot for leaving down and everything. And, uh, you know, you get on Facebook and you see all the Facebook, I don't know. It just brings out like all the haters, you know, and there's so much, so much negativity and, and things like that. And so people have been somewhat vocal. I've seen about their disappointment in you, uh, leaving the band, um, how do you respond to that? Are you just, it, it, do you just brush it off? Do you, do you, try, do you take that seriously at all? Or you, you just uh, sort of expect it? I basically, I basically completely dodged, you know, I mean, pe- people don't understand it. This has actually been going on, you know, for, for a while. I'm, I mean, without getting, you know, I don't want to get too much, any more personal than I already have. It's the first time I've even opened up about it this much at all. My whole, my whole stand has just been anytime, any, I mean, people, people that think that we're machines, I mean, they really do. People are like, well, you know, I've, I've seen people going, well, I just can't understand it. You know, you know, Dan, there's plenty of time for him to do Club RN down. I don't see why Pepper can't go sing for COC. There's plenty of time for that. There's plenty of time for that. It's like, dude, I'm a human being. I have a wife. I have a daughter. I have two stepchildren and a step-grandchild. And my family is my priority. And my music is, is my livelihood is, and it's, it's where my heart is, you know, and that's the truth. But you know what? I don't... I don't owe anybody as uh, as the back of the house core records uh, shirts say we owe you nothing. I don't owe anybody anything, man. You know, I do it because I love it and I do as much as I possibly can. All of us do all of us in every band, every band you can think of. You have no idea how hard we work, but we are not, I cannot spend 365 days a year, which I've done before going from band to band to band to band to band and just blowing off the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, so any negativity I've got, I can totally understand people being disappointed. And actually that makes me feel good that, 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 you know, people, you know, some, a lot of fans will miss me being a part of that. I'll miss being a part of that. I mean, to be honest, of course, but at the same time, you know, for the, for, for me personally and me, my family and, and, and the crowbar guys that are stuck, you know, by my side, I mean, I mean, Tommy, especially, you know, it's 10 years now that he's been in the band. Um, you know, Matt's been in the band for a good while as well. I mean, we have a, a new bass player, Jeff, Jeff Golden. Um, he's a great guy. He's, I think it's really going to work out great with Jeff. He's a totally cool guy. And, uh, it's, you know, it sounds massive. It sounds killer, but, uh, you know, it's just like, I owe it to myself and to my family to do, to do both. You know, to to do crowbar 100%. You can't be in two places at one time, and you can't. You know, it's like if you know, it's it's like it's like a guy that plays two sports. You know, like if you play football and bass and basketball or football and baseball, it's just you know, at some point in time, there's a conflict of of conflict of interest there. It's like you cannot fully. I cannot be giving 100% to one band while I'm writing songs for another, and vice versa. You know, I cannot be giving 100% to one band while I'm preparing to go on tour with another band the second I get home from this one tour. It doesn't work that way. Your mind has to focus on one project at a time and going in and out of, like, the different, you know, quote-unquote, I'd call it like I'm in Crowbar World, I'm in Down World, I'm in King of the Sorrow World, whatever it might be. You know, your, your focus, your mindset, everything has to be 
completely different for each group of friends that you're jamming with in each one of the damn bands and also for the style of the music and the whole nine yards, you know, and it just, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, it wore me out, you know, and I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. And this gives me a, a fresh start and, a, and it gives me the break I need, you know, mentally, physically, you know, and, and, and as a musician, you know, I mean, it's to just, to just roll with it, you know, I mean, I'm, I feel 20 years old again, man. It's a wonderful feeling to be, to wake up happy and stress-free every day. It's a wonderful feeling to, you know, to know that my priorities are where they should be with my family and with the band that, that I created, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's how I feel about it. I'm glad to hear it, man. And uh, talking about uh, the upcoming Crowbar that uh, you, you're writing right now, the new studio album, man, I, I'll tell you, I've been listening to Sever the Wicked Hand just constantly, man. It, it, it's such a great, great album. And I, I feel like, you know, Crowbar, man, starting back in, you know, 88, and you've done what, I think uh, this next album will what, be your 10th album. And yeah, it's absolutely. like everyone has just gotten bigger, it's gotten heavier, it's gotten thicker. And like I said, severed the wicked ha- sever sever the wicked hand. <laughs> just just it rips my head off, man. I love it, awesome. and so I can That's only imagine. I can only imagine what this next one is uh, is going to bring. Is there a lot of uh, of that material written right now, or is it still kind of getting started up? Um. Well, let's just say riffs are written. Uh, we're actually going to complete complete song one. Although, we, like I said, we do have we do have two you know two uh two songs that we wrote from scratch, not, uh, not songs that are laying around, but brand new things that we did that are going to be on, uh, on the, the live record file score. But, you know, our main fo- focus of course is with the E1, which is our, our real label in century media, which is our, our uh, international label. And, um, that's our main focus. And, you know, it's just, I mean, there's tons and tons of riffs that are written. It's just a matter of, of putting them together, you know, uh, and creating, creating songs. Never showed at your riffs, you know, and I mean, you know, that some, somehow it just, you think you, you, I read, I remember when, um, uh, Motorhead put out the, uh, the world is yours, uh, record, the previous, uh, studio record. And, um, I was reading something, something in a UK magazine and Lenny was like, you know, it's amazing after all these years, you just, you just think, how can you possibly come up with anything fresh, but somehow you just do, you know? <laughs> And, uh, you know, even, I mean, it's always going to sound, you know, like somebody the other day I was doing an interview and the guy, you know, he compared, I think it was, uh, uh, Max on Threshold, the guy out of Cleveland, a real cool guy. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, when people say, what does Crowbar sound like? I'm like, they sound like Crowbar. Yeah. It's like, when you put on a Crowbar record, you immediately know it's Crowbar. He goes, it's just like Motorhead. You know, it's just like ACDC. It's like, you know, they, they may kind of sound similar all the time but they stick to what they do they're great at it and no one sounds like them there's a lot of imitators but nobody sounds like you know like those guys and i mean i I hope you know i mean i take pride in what i really think is that you know we created our own sound and you know when you listen to to a crowbar song love it or hate it you damn well know it's crowbar yeah, and you do. You manage to to keep it different and fresh every album. You know, like I said, you just it seems like you're just growing bigger and bigger every album, and and you do. It's amazing to me that you know just time and time and time again you can just keep coming up with these heavy, thick riffs, man. And you know, myself, I'm a I'm a musician too, and I play some guitar and, and things. And I don't know, I just don't have that. And you know, sometimes the well just runs dry, man. And I just got nothing. I just find myself 
just coming up with the same old thing over and over again. And it'll, it'll take me like months or years before I can get one more original riff out of myself, you know, <laughs> to, to get that. And so it, it's just, it's really amazing. And it, it, I think it's just a gift and a talent uh, that you have. To I mean, it, it is. I mean, and believe me, I'm blessed, you know, I mean, that there's, you know, I'm not alone, believe me, that there wouldn't be so many great bands out there, you know, and I'm not, you know, by any means patting myself on the back or, or anything like that, but it's just, it is something where, you know, where, you know, especially with Crowbar, because it is my, it's my style that I created. It's my style of guitar playing. It's my style of writing. So it, it's, it's, just, it's natural to me, you know, it, it comes natural to me. And uh, it's, you know, I like, you know, bearing the burden of, of, of um, you know, being the, the, the head guy in charge for the most part and, and, uh, and being, you know, being the, being the song arranger and, and even being the lyricist and the vocalist and just having the, you know, like, um, kind of having, you know, like the final, that, that's what Phil, you know, that, that, that's what Phil does to down. He would not necessarily write, he'd, he'd write a lot more riffs than people think about, believe me, on guitar. He would write, you know, he, he, he obviously he's, you know, he's right now, he wrote a lot of Pantera riffs. He wrote, you know, Superjoint, of course he wrote, uh, he writes a lot of down riffs. He obviously wrote the whole, you know, uh, illegals uh, record, you know, uh, the solo record. And, you know, the thing is with him that he's so good at, and I tried to always learn from him, uh, is his ability to arrange a song. And that, that's a thing where, you know, you have, you have a couple of riffs, but how do you make them a song? Because there's a big difference between gluing uh, four riffs together and calling it a song and actually making those four riffs flow in, in, in being a, a real song, you know, and I mean, I try to write the heaviest riffs possible as I as, that I can. At the same time, I want them to be melodic. I want the songs to have hooks in the chorus. You know, I want the songs to be real songs. I don't want it to just, you know, be, it's not supposed to just be a hammer to the face type thing. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to, you know, crack the, fucking earth and a half but it's also supposed to be a song and have have a hook and a and melody to it as well hmm. interesting yeah yeah and you know you're talking about it's sort of d defining your own style creating your own style with crowbar you know back in 1988 you know before that uh, you were in some punk bands and and uh, doing a lot of different things so was there like an like how'd you how'd you I guess come into start playing the sludge style? You know there were a few bands back then, like the Melvins were sort of playing some sludge and and things like that. But it, it certainly wasn't any mainstream kind of thing whatsoever. So I mean, were there bands that sort of influenced you to go more of the sort of the sludge doom route that you did with Crowbar, or was this just something you you just decided, hey, I want to start playing like this? And like, um, how, how'd that come about? Well, and about. 87, 88, you know, uh, actually me, me and Jimmy Bauer for the most part, you know, like we're, we're really, really heavily influenced by the first two, uh, first two Melvin's records. We were totally blown away by Carnivore Retaliation, you know, Peter Steele's uh, band prior to Tempo Negative. Mm -hmm. uh, we were into you know, bands like St. Vitus very heavily. We were into bands like, you know, Witchfinder General. We were into uh, to Trouble you know, uh, who I'm actually, I'm wearing a trouble shirt as we speak. Nice. Um, so yeah, it kind of, it's kind of fitting. You know, we went into bands like that, that, and of course, Sabbath of, of course, but we went, we were like, it's weird. We always, we always say we love bands. We love Sabbath, but we love bands that kind of sound like Sabbath also, you know? Yeah. And 
the basic thing, if you read any, you know, most biographies or whatever on Crowbar, we got the sludgy part of things from the Melvins, no doubt about it. Although theirs is a lot more avant-garde and a lot more uh, untraditional as far as songs, you know, especially the, a lot of the earlier material. But just that, that sound, the slow, you know, the slowness of it, and and what was going on was just like blown away. We were blown away with it, you know. And they were they were a huge influence on on it. And we kind of took that along with Carnivore, which had the drop tune, you know, thing really down. Like Carnivore kind of had like. The, the the New York hardcore fast angry parts and whenever Crowbar plays fast I call it Motorhead speed I don't want to ever go faster than Motorhead it's as fast as I need to go I don't need that's just me I don't need blast beats I don't need you know blah, 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 blah. it's great great for some people but Motorhead speed does it for me so when you kick into a fast uh, you know DB thing or whatever they call it like hardcore kind of thing Carnival had that but then they come into these Black Sabbath breakdowns that was so heavy it was just ungodly and, uh, you know, we kind of combined the, the Melvins along with the whole St. Vitus and Sabbath and Trouble and, and that whole thing. We kind of combined that with with Carnivore, and we were also heavily into, you know, the, the you know the, the original, you know, the, like like Agnostic Front, um, mm-hmm. you know, Chromex, uh, even like uh, Sick of It All's, you know, first few records and things like that. Um, we were heavily into uh, all that stuff. And... Um, we kind of just put it, up, put it all in a blender and came up. I mean, the one thing we were never afraid of being is is called some some type of metal because we are. I mean, it's it's sludge, but it's sludge metal. You know, I mean, the difference in us and a band like the Melvins is the Melvins have, you know, it's just their own thing. But and that, there there are probably a few moments here and there where they're kind of metal. You know, maybe the guitar tone, maybe the heaviness of the music, but it's really not. You know. Yeah. Carnivore was metal. Was Carnivore were metal with a lot of the, you know hardcore uh, stuff as well on on Retaliation. But um, you know we're not we're not afraid to be called metal. We're not a stoner band by any means, but we play with a lot of stoner bands. We also play with a lot of hardcore bands. We also play with a lot of death metal bands. <laughs> we play with whatever. We just play with heavy bands that play heavy you know good heavy music and. That's kind of what we like. We like to just be known as Crowbar. If people want to call it Sludge or we're the Kings of Sludge, whatever, that's fine. And and really, you know, we don't, you know, as as much as as we have in common with a band like I Hate God, for instance, we also have just as many things that we don't have in common. Right? Yeah. They're much more of a stoner band. They're much more of a punk band. The attitude and everything, you know, is much more. You know, my Mike's uh, Mike Nine's vocals, you know. Uh, it's 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 much more of a of a punk stoner type thing where we're more of a doom metal we're more of an angry fucking doom metal band we don't well drummer smokes weed but I don't so we're, I'm not I'm not laid back on a couch you know uh, with a headband on and and uh, long, obviously and and I don't have long hair but uh, you know we, we we take the same elements and the same attitude we just kind of put it on steroids where we're like an angry angrier more depressed, you know, doom band, I guess you could say, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Although that whole uh, potpourri of assorted shit actually didn't make any sense whatsoever. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, well, dude, it's hard to nail down, and you're exactly right. You know, people I think feel really comfortable, you know, a lot more comfortable when they talk about a band and they can classify it real easy. 
you know, and say, well, you know, you got Crowbar over there. And they say, yeah, they're they're a doom metal band or, or a stoner metal band, like you said. And it's just easy for people to be able to do that and, and classify you. But really, like you said, you, you're your own thing. And, you know, Crowbar is just sort of your own subgenre of, of metal, you know, and. And yeah, yeah, you're just absolutely. a metal band, you know, and I like I, I just I just call it metal, you know. There's yeah, me too. I'm, I mean, I, I can't stand, you know. I mean, I didn't mind in the beginning where you had metal, and then you had thrash metal, okay. But then, I mean, now there's 500 different types of you know <laughs> of some so-called uh, you know um, metal or I like you know all, all under the under the heading of metal where you got distorted guitars, you got heavy riffs, you got you know fast beats. You know, uh, you know, uh, gravelly vocals or whatever it might be. Like I, I remember, like a couple of years ago, walking into um, the Hot Topic uh, for some reason in the mall, and uh, there was a band, a band playing, and I'm listening. I'm oh, the musicianship's good, you know. It's, it's kind of kind of different, whatever. And it's like a young girl, you know. And, uh, you could tell she was like maybe young, eight, seventeen or something, and. Uh, you know, she kind of has, I call it the mall rock look, you know, which is popular with the kids. I mean, I'm an old man. But um, I asked her, I said, what, what, what's the name of that band? And I forgot what she, she told me. Um, and she was like, oh, my God, they're Screamo. Oh, my God, they're, they're epic. They're so great. And I said, that was pretty cool sound. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Is this like screaming emo? And, and she goes, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And I went, I went oh, cool. You know, that's a, that's a new one on me. I'm kind of, you know, a little old for that stuff. But it's just like, it's still... It's still metal, you know. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it goes from it goes from you know your traditional heavy metal, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Saxon, you know, Twisted Sister, you know, whatever. It goes from that, you know, even bands like ACDC, which are not heavy metal, it's freaking three chord, chord rock and roll with a more balls and a fucking you know a basketball factory. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just you know it, it's all metal. It's yeah. just rock and roll. When you get down to it, it's just you know, it's just, uh, it's just um, what the fuck. I'm, I always get come. I'm, I, that's how you can tell I'm getting old. It's evolved <laughs> in, in, in yeah. so many in, into so many subgenres, but I don't like the. I just like to call it music. Yeah. I listen to. I'll put on the best of bread, the soft rock band from the early '70s, and ride down the highway, and then I'll stick in fucking you know, Slayer or something. Whatever. I love it. I love it. That's funny because actually, the best of bread. I have my. I I have vinyl. I'm a bit of a vinyl collector. Best of bread is literally staring at me right now, (laughs) like on vinyl Uh, here. So that's hilarious. Do it the last two days. It's it's, it's like I think it's in my CD player right now. Now the new trouble. What do I? My my, my three CDs that I've been listening to are the best of bread, the newest trouble record, which is which I love. I think it's amazing. Um, and what else did I have stuck up in there? Oh, uh, a rainbow anthology, like half, half the stuff's on Dio, half the stuff's the other guys. And I go, of course, the Dio, you know, the, oh, yeah. the Dio one. And although I do love a lot of this, a lot of the stuff with Graham Bonnet and Joel and Turner as, as well, but, um, you know, they, even though the band was a lot more commercial, but that's been my three things, the, the Dio version of rainbow, the new, the new trouble and the best of bread. So I love you it. Know, you, you put that in the blender and somehow crowbar comes out. I don't that's, know. that's a crowbar right there. Oh man, that's hilarious. But dude, I, I just seriously appreciate everything that you're doing. Like I said, I'm, I totally have a hundred percent respect and support man for just doing crowbar full time. And you know, Don's going to keep doing their thing, man. And I'm glad just things are, 
are really good. Everyone's still friends and, and understanding. Oh, and, dude, totally, man. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we've yeah. known each other since we were kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing that I, I really want. You know, that's why, I mean, we didn't do any kind of press release thing, and neither did those guys, you know. And it's like, you know, we don't feel we really have, have to explain anything to anybody. It's our, it's our business. It's our, you know, we are, we've been to hell and back a thousand times together. And, you know, it, when you when you say you're, you know, a person is your brother or your family, even though you're not blood related, that's what you are, you know. And I mean, when me, you know, I remember talking to, to Jimmy about it, and he's like, dude, I totally, totally respect it, you know. And he's like, hey, man, you're just the same, same, same funny dude, uh, you know, I met back in the 80s. I said, same here, dude, <laughs> you, you know. Same thing with Philip. He's like, dude, you're always a brother. I'm like, well, you, you too, of course, you know, man. Hey, that's, you know, it's all good, so. You know, it's 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 all it's all good. I mean, it's a little awkward at, at this moment, a little bit. I'm sure a little bit for those guys too. But you know, all that's going to blow out the way. And I mean, there's a possibility of us playing festivals together. I mean, fuck, I, I would I would love to uh, to fucking you know support town. I mean, I really would. Mm-hmm. I would love it. I get to hang out with the guys, but I'd also like to. I would have to play on the off days, you know, because right. I got to keep busy, man. Me, me me and off days do not agree, <laughs> and I'll be the first to admit it. And you know. It's not a good thing. It's, I'm either, I have a responsibility and I'm focused in and looking forward to something. I cannot sit around for a couple of days and not, and not play a gig. You know, I'm not on, I'm not a tourist and I'm not, you know, I'm not the kind of guy. I mean, I, I don't, you know, all it is to me, to me, for me is just, you know, that's a wasted day of my life that I didn't play music, that I didn't earn money and that I am, that I'm away from my family, you know? So I just, I just have a different mindset and really that, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of probably, what came to us, you know, to mutually deciding uh, on things. And, you know, but I mean, I say, I mean, I would, you know, as long, long, as, long as them dudes let me, you know, let let me uh, play an off, the, off show day, you know, 100 miles away, 150 miles away, I'll come back and I'd go, go on right now. I'd love to do it, man. It'd be a blast, you know. You never know, you, you never know what the future brings, man. But just, you know, yeah. I, I do, you know, the, with, with anything I've said, you know, on Facebook or anything I've said, I've dodged as much trauma as possible. I do want to make it, I want to end it on the, on a note, this interview that people understand that it's drama free. We are all great friends. We grew up together. We are professionals. We are adults. Some of us are fathers, you know, uh, you know, and we're not just a bunch of little kids, uh, swinging mud. There's, it's just, this whole thing is, is grownups doing what's best for their life. Their per, you know, their personal life and their music careers, and 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 hey, who, who, who the fuck can argue with that? It's all about, like I always said, it, um, and to anybody asking questions about it online as well, is look, why don't we just concentrate on the fact that you got two great bands that are going to make great music, you know? And that it, isn't that all that counts in the end. Exactly, exactly, man. Well, well, cheers to you for that. That's uh, that's some great stuff, and this is, I mean, these. We're all big boys here, you know. We're all adults and Absolutely. have priorities. So I, I just, I, I love that you can do that, and you, you know, it's important in your life, and you're just going for it, man. And that's, uh, that's, that's great. Um, you talking about Facebook? Uh, I want to encourage everyone listening right now to go and check you out on Facebook because not only is there a lot of crowbar information going on, what you're doing, but you're up there. You're, you're very active uh, on the Facebook page. Yeah, I am, and a lot of people make fun of me. But you know what? I mean, I, I don't I don't handle I'm not a Twitter guy I'm not an Instagram guy really My wife handles that and she actually kind of is the administrator for but I, I work with her on it with the um 
the crowbar page. Uh, but we're extremely active. We all, we've pretty much doubled in four weeks. We've doubled uh, the likes, you know, on, on our on the crowbar page, which is pretty damn good, you know, for really just. And that's the whole thing is it's just you know we kind of. You know, our, our whole household now is just crowbar. You know, it's like, I mean, we have a little home office set up and it's wake up. What can we do to promote crowbar today? What can I do today to make, to, to further, you know, to, to, to promote the name crowbar, to promote the band, to promote the music? What, what, you know, I, I can write riffs while she's on a computer, you know, doing uh, social networking. And as much as, as much as people may hate a lot of that stuff, there's no ignoring that it, it, it does, you know, it does give you, it does you know, get people talking and get your name out there, you know? Absolutely. I mean, the, day, the days of, of Led Zeppelin, you know, a band with, with such mystique and, uh, you know, where we didn't, you know, of course we know what they looked like a little bit, but they were barely, barely even did interviews. It was just that, that magical mystique of this, this band, Led Zeppelin, you know, there's very little footage of the band even, you know, like concert wise, uh, they just, they were, you know, those, that, that's magic and that's great. And that's what I grew up on. But I'm sorry, but you know those days. If you if you want to be, uh, you know, uh, if, if you want mystique and 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 people wonder, people nobody's gonna know who you are. It's just it right. doesn't work that way anymore. You got as old school as I am, as much as I don't like to admit it, you gotta get out there and pound the pavement. You gotta, and instead of going, you know, tack and staple up flyers for your shows and handing them out at all at other people's shows and all that shit, you can still do all that. But you gotta use you gotta use with, with, with the tools that, that you gotta use the tools that they give you. And right now it's the it's the computer and the internet and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever the hell else. And you gotta use it as a, as a promotional tool, you know. Yeah, because there is so many bands out there. I mean, so many people. It's so much more accessible now to find new music, and so everyone's just checking everyone else out. And you're right, man. If you're not active on Facebook or social media stuff like that. You're just going to get lost in the crowd, you know. There, there's really not much of a chance for you to stick out at all. And well, so, I mean, I mean, the big, you know, the the the, the top, you know, the one percenter in the column, you know, the Metallicas, the U2s, uh, you know, Lady Gaga's, and whatever the hell, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't, you know, they. I mean, that, they themselves, and they don't have the time if they wanted to to sit there and do it. But I mean, like with a band like Crowbar, it's personally, you know, I'm personally involved with every. I answer. You know everything. I mean, my wife might do the typing, but I'm sitting there with her, and you know, and she's giving me a hand just and and just because she types a hell of a lot faster than I do. And I'm usually we're on the computers together. She's doing one thing, I'm doing another thing, or I'm sitting there on guitar writing riffs while she's you know promoting the band. And it's just you know that's kind of become our little family business thing. Man. It's just it's one of those things. You know, other than the, the, the top, you know, the upper echelon mega star, you know, mega bands. Um, that are just a household name, you know. They might not need to do it, but for somebody like, like for a band in the position of Crowbar, who's on the cusp of being able to to push push ourselves to a, a bigger level, not you know Metallica level for God's sake, but you know to, to a bigger level than where we're at. I think by focusing on that 100 percent, putting on everything I got every day into writing, you know, writing, jamming, and promoting the band you know, and answering the fans on a one-on-one -on -one personal level, answering back emails, answering messages, you know, in, in my Facebook, on the crowbar page, you know, posting stuff, photos, trying to make the, trying to make the fans feel, feel part of it and feel important and feel, you know, like we're not on a level above them, but we're the same, we're, we're fans as well. 
were no different than them. We just happened to be the guys on stage with the guitars and the drums of it and being in the crowd. We're still on stage drinking beer while they're in the crowd drinking beer. We're all enjoying it. <laughs> well, I'm, I know a lot of people feel the same as I do in saying that we're just so glad that you are <clears throat> up on stage, man, and that you're doing what you love um, because it's just great stuff. I'm so looking forward to this next album and uh, hopefully a tour. Uh, you know, maybe uh, getting to see a lot, you. a lot of tour. Uh, yeah, oh, I can't. A lot, a lot of. I, I don't, I don't know how many people you reach or anything, but I, I constantly put on there. You know, because I kind of know already what's going on, but I mean, we're already kind of planned out. I mean, it's October 10th right now. We're kind of planned out through the end of the summer already, and talking about the fall of 2014. So we're almost planned. You know, planning it up and uh, up into a year ahead already. Oh wow! You know, and we, you know, so I mean, yeah, and that's just the way that we're, that's the way we have to do things. So, you know, for all the fans, I mean, of course, we appreciate all support and all the, all the. Uh, the downtime, no pun intended at all, you know, with Crowbar, where, uh, you know, nothing was going on for years at the time, but um, that's not going to be that way anymore. This, it's a well-oiled machine that's, that's you know, hitting on all cylinders and rolling along, and, you know, we, as as we announced dates, and, you know, not only U.S. dates, but at different countries around, around the world, I mean, we're going to hit everywhere that's got electricity that will have us, you know, and that's pretty much the truth. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I've never seen you live myself, man, so I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, definitely going to catch you this time around. And, uh, man, awesome. it's it, it's been a blast. Everyone go check it out. It's facebook.com slash crowbar music and uh, what Kirk's been talking about, just all the uh, different tour dates and what the band's doing and what Kirk's doing right now. And it's uh, it's really good stuff. You ought to check them out. So, Kirk, once again, man, thank you so much for your time. It's a big honor for me to be talking with you, uh, having you know been such a huge fan now for for decades of you and of Crowbar and, and uh, down and everything. It's just uh, really cool that uh, you could sit down with me. So hopefully we can do this again, man. You've been listening to Devil Horns. All right, thank you so much. Join us at devilhorns.org. You too.